Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spiritual Journey podcast. This is episode 74. Um, yeah, you know, I love this podcast. I, I was guided to start it. Uh, I love the messages we receive on a weekly basis. We're so blessed to share this space. Um, you know, if I was looking at purely numbers, it's just, you know, the number of people that are the unique listeners kind of astound me every every week. Um, this is just my intention when I started the podcast was just to simplify spirituality. I really felt like I was guided and, um, you know, I know with, um, with Stace, our, our, our intention for this podcast is just to share whatever comes through. And so, yeah, this is episode 74. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about the the episode and kind of the approach we're going to take for this one in, in a second. But before we start, I'd love for my co-host to introduce herself, introducing the beautiful, the stunning, the healer, extraordinaire and published author, Stacey Brown. Stacey, over to you. Hi, friends. Again, so excited to be here. Love recording these episodes and knowing that people from around the world are listening and tuning in and getting insight on their spiritual journey through this podcast is a huge blessing. Um, as Nim said, I am an intuitive healer and a certified Reiki practitioner. I'm a spiritual mentor and coach, an Akashic record reader, and a podcast hosting creator. I recently, in the last couple of months, published my first book, Journey to Soul Center, Discovering the Gift of Surrender, and it's available on Amazon and Audible. So if you haven't already done it, check it out. Thanks, Stace. Um, hi, everybody. My name is Nims Nimesh. I am a podcast host, clearly, podcast creator, um, spiritual coach, mentor, and a cash record reader and cash trainer. Love, love the work that we do. I love the fact that we can really guide people to shine their light. Um, just beautiful to see that people's souls kind of lighting up. Um, I feel like this is the time where we've been pushed to shine our light in so many different ways. So, um, you know, we've been talking about this podcast and maybe kind of what can we do differently to maybe guide people to a different way of being. Um, and, you know, the, the the podcast, when I called it Spiritual Journey, um, I called it Spiritual Journey because we are all on a spiritual journey. I also wanted to um, honor my mentor, Cedric Jeffries. So I had the same initials. And I called it Path to Awakening. And, you know, working with Cedric Rose, my mentor that I've talked about in previous episodes, you know, she always talked about awakening. Her, her book is, is around the awakening, the letters of the awakening. And so the Path to Awakening felt really important. We're all on a spiritual journey. In some way, we're all on the path to awakening. And we thought what would be good, um, as you've probably seen, we've, we've been adding guests recently. We thought it'd be nice to have people on to talk about their path to awakening. Bear in mind, the podcast is called Path to Awakening. And really, that was the intention. And um, you know, I, I, <laughs> I'm super comfortable having guests on here and interviewing about them, about their path to awakening and having that conversation and, you know, kind of getting them to share, because I feel as, as, as people share their journeys, um, you know, you gain insights and maybe you can feel the connection and you feel um, that you're not alone. Um, 
as as um as I I created this podcast, I started this podcast. I mean, Stacey's been on for I don't know fifty plus episodes, so she's definitely been a big part of it. But I can't ask other people to share their path to awakening if I don't share mine. So um, this episode is all going to be about my path to awakening, my journey. Um, it's interesting. I don't. I mean, Stacy shares a lot about her journey in each of the podcasts, and I'll share whatever comes through for me. Um, it's not like I don't intentionally share my story. Um, I don't know. Not sure what it is. I think sometimes I feel that maybe. Um, I mean, my story's kind of spread over many years, um, whereas Stacey's been through a lot in a short space of time, and not sure. So I don't, it, it's kind of, I've been on a journey to really understand and share this this piece of my life. Um, and I don't mind, I'm very open to sharing it. It's just, um, do people want to hear it? So let's let's see how this goes. Um, and Stacey, before I start, anything you want to share about the approach, what we're going to do is, we're going to make sure that we have a guest talking about a topic at least once a month. We're going to have a, a guest um, sharing their journey on to awakening at least once a month. You have the pleasure of um, hearing Stacey's path to awakening in the next couple of weeks. Um, so we are kind of trying to add more to this podcast. We'd love your feedback. Is there any ideas you have in terms of how do we take it to another level? What would you like to hear? What are some of the topics? Please let us know. Love to hear from you. Stacey, what do you think about the approach? Anything you wanted to share? I mean, I just think it's great. I think there are so many people who are on a journey of self-discovery and looking for more clarity. And I think there's something really beautiful about having people share their individual journeys on, on in life and how they got to the place where they are, um, what they're doing to move forward from maybe a place that they don't want to be in, and um, I have found through the last specifically two years of sharing my story that people really resonate with vulnerability and openness. And it's something that we need more of. And so I think that we're just expanding this podcast a little bit more to, um, to give the listener an experience, right? So we're, we're imparting wisdom through some of the topics that we're talking about, but now we're personalizing it even more by bringing in people and their individual experiences and and how they came to um, a greater awareness of, of who they are and why they're here. So I'm excited about it. Nice. And I guess I'll, I'll start my, my story just, you know, in terms of if I was going to summarize. Um, it's, I, I really feel my, my journey has been about really understanding why I'm here and the need to belong. I have felt for many years that my spiritual body was not in my physical body. And in many ways, physically, um, I didn't want to, didn't feel like I belong. I guess I'd summarize it. But, um, you know, to give you a bit of background, I I was born in Uganda, Africa. Um, I have four brothers, four sisters. So there's a lot of us. I have one younger sister. Everyone else is older. Um, when I was three years old, Idi Amin, the uh, dictator in Uganda at the time, decided that all Indians um, needed to leave and he gave us two weeks to leave. And pretty much if we didn't leave, um, we'd be killed. So that was, a, that was a, and I guess, an incentive to leave. Um, 
the UK decided to take on, um, it was 10,000 refugees at the time. So we we moved to the UK. Um, I don't remember the journey. Um, I was only three years old, but I'm told um, by my family that we were stopped at gunpoint multiple times. Um, our possessions searched, anything of value was taken. Um, um, a gun was held to my brother's head. I don't remember any of this, but I'm guessing even as a three-year-old, probably some of the tra trauma and some of the fear maybe I, I, I held and was part of my inner child healing. Um, we moved to the UK and, um, you know, being one of nine, um, I guess all my brothers and sisters trying to find their place, trying to learn the language. I had one younger sister who was probably getting all the attention. So a lot of my childhood, yes, I was surrounded by love, um, but I never really had a voice. And I am, um, it's interesting, right? I I think I've been working um, for many years to find my voice. And it's interesting that I got the message that my voice is my gift and hence started the podcast. So, but growing up, I never had a voice. Um, and, um, you know, trying to find my space in a new country, um, was part of that journey, right? And, you know, I, I grew up in an environment where everybody was busy and it's not like it wasn't loving, it was, but all my family were busy trying to figure out who they were and how they're going to survive. So I really feel like I didn't, I didn't belong to anything. And, um, you know, I've obviously done a lot of inner child healing, a lot of forgiveness for myself and forgiveness for my family. And I have a beautiful family. I don't, don't get me wrong, but I just said, like I said, everybody was just trying to do their own thing. And really for my, my childhood and growing up, I never really truly felt like I belonged on this planet. And I was, I was, sure... was going to ask you, when was the first time that you felt that feeling that you can remember? Of not feeling like I belong? Yeah. I mean, there's lots of inner child moments like um, being teased, um, trying to swim, you know, when all the kids have been swimming for years. So, you know, that sort of, those human moments. But there's times when I remember when I was like 11, 12 on a bus and kind of um, really not wanting to be here. And it wasn't like... Um, it wasn't like a human. It was more like I didn't just didn't feel like I was meant to be. And I remember growing up thinking all through those years of of actually I don't belong. And it's really weird. I actually, in many ways, I don't because I think for a lot of us, we're meant to. We're here to do something different that hasn't been done before. So it means that we're not meant to belong. And it's just, it's just, just, just really interesting how that journey has evolved. Yeah, it's just really interesting. I mean, it's, it is an interesting question. Um, and I just, again, reiterate, it's, I did grow up with, uh, with a lot of love. It's that I remember we, we had an episode around, you know, um, being alone and being lonely. I think in many ways, um, 
I was never alone because I had a big family. We had lots of extended family and, you know, but one of the things I didn't mention is when we first moved to the UK, we spent six weeks in a camp, uh, in an army camp. And then we were moved to an area called Teesside, Cleveland, um, which was, you know, for those that live in the UK, it's, it's kind of near the border of Scotland and, and England. And um, there's only two Indian families there. And again, I was quite young and we faced a lot of racism. Um, but it's, you know, one of my earliest memories, and I joke about this with some of the family is, so that because there's a large family, we had two homes, um, council homes, and they were kind of across across the road. And my first memory is of a hold, I think holding my brother's hand as we crossed this big field between the two houses. You know, it's like, oh, I, I remember it as being huge, you know, kind of we're crossing over, having lots of fun as we cross over. And, um, you know, it's like, oh, my God, you know, it's, that's, more, that's the first memory I can actually remember of anything, right? And we, I, I remember looking on on, uh, on, on Google on, on Google, and just kind of looking at where we lived and stuff. And for me, what, what, what felt like a big field at the time was um, actually a little roundabout. <laughs> it's a little mini roundabout. So um, it's just interesting how, 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 the, how the kind of the, the childhood memories are. And just another quick story is, I remember that, um, you know, people used to talk about where we lived in Uganda, how amazing it was, our beautiful waterfalls. And we lived near like a, um, like some sort of animal, animal nature park. And again, I remember in Google thinking, this doesn't look like what people talk about. I was like, well, this is weird. And apparently we moved when I was one and a half years old, 18 months and to, to a whole different location. And I didn't even know. I only found out maybe five, six years ago and based on a conversation that we moved 18 months in. And a lot of the movements and a lot of the times we've moved so was because of one of my uncles. And I really feel like he was an angel because he moved us from a place that was, if you look on Google, was quite barren. And then we moved to this other place. Um, and that was where business was doing really well. We were doing really well as a family. Um and it's really interesting. I was just talking about when we moved to the UK, we 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 lived for the first couple of years in Cleveland Teesside. And it was quite hard because there's lost racism. And that same uncle is the one that came to pick us up, picked us up and and found us a place to live in Leicester. So it's really interesting that how angels come along and human angels, and he was definitely one of our human angels. Bless him, he's no longer in this on this realm, but you know, he's he's definitely been there for us in, in many, many, many ways. And I also often think about what would my life be like if I didn't move to the UK? What if, if I was still in Uganda? Or if we didn't move to Leicester? And Leicester is like a, it's a little India. It's kind of like, um, it has areas that per square more mile has over Europe the most Indians per square mile. So yes, it felt like a little India. Um but again, my life was very different there, right? So there's certain milestones that happen in your life and you kind of sometimes wonder how, I know this is meant to happen, so there's no regrets, but you do wonder sometimes, right? And you know, growing up, sure, there was a lot of times of, um, you know, kind of bullying, racism, whatever that looks like. Um, but it is weird. I don't, um, I don't remember a lot of those times. I have done a lot of inner child work. And I would recommend um, for anyone that's listening, 
you know, the inner child is memories of what happened to you as a child, but it's also things that you hold on to, um, maybe even from a past life. Your inner child is really the part of you that is, um, you know, when you get triggered or when you get a bit emotional, when you get that, you know, that feeling of being annoyed, a lot of the time that comes from your inner child. And so inner child healing, sometimes just start with imagining your inner child standing in front of you and just giving him or her so much love. Sometimes your inner child just needs that love. And I've done a lot of that work. Um, and it's interesting, a lot of the inner child work I did was healing those people around, not healing, forgiving those people around me because um, they did the best that they could. I mean, my parents, beautiful, loving souls, um, but had nine kids. So yes, a lot of the time I was promised things. I was promised that we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And plans would change. And I felt hurt and nobody really knew I was hurting because I was so quiet at the time, but they did the best they could. So I spent a lot of time forgiving those people around me. I thought, oh my God, I've done lots of inner child work. I'm good, I'm great. But the part I forgot was to actually forgive me and work on that inner child in me. And it's really interesting. It's that I did a lot of that inner child work. But even knowing Stacy in the last 18 months, she's brought a lot, a lot of inner child stuff in me. And it's sometimes super frustrating, Stace, but it just it's a, it's always this forever journey, right? It's not like you're ever going to be fully healed because you're not meant to be. And like I said, my, my childhood was had a lot of love, but it doesn't mean I don't have a lot of healing to do around it, right? It's part of our journey. Like I said, I didn't have a voice. And even, you know, talking to my, my my family it's like when I was a child I was very quiet and even now I don't talk a lot but when I talk I talk with meaning I have I know I have substance to it I know that so I do feel that my voice is my gift sometimes with my meditations and things like that apparently I put people to sleep okay that's one of those things maybe I need to take them on a journey but I do feel blessed with my voice and I really feel like I've worked on it. So, and again, then, so moving on, when I first started, when I first started um, on my journey, I was in the corporate world. I was very much determined, you know, I was going to follow a path. I was going to focus on the corporate world, do really well. Um, I assumed I was going to get married, have kids, and kind of follow that path. That was what that was what I thought I was going to do. Right? It's the it's the path that that we follow we follow and then you know i started down that path and one of the things i forgot to mention early on is by by religion i, I was born into a hindu family so by religion um i'm hindu i still follow the lot a lot of the hindu traditions i feel very connected to the hindu gods but on this spiritual journey hinduism is very fluid and does believe in reincarnation, does believe in karma, does believe in guides, does believe in the, your soul journey. So in many ways, that's helped me on this spiritual journey, just to be open to whatever the, you know, um, whatever that spiritual side is. I, I, I'm a big believer that all religions have a place. Um, you know, I remember working with Sidra and us kind of working on what, what place do the religions, what do the different religions have? And as I said, Hinduism is very fluid. Um, so maybe Hinduism likes the element water. 
then you think about Islam and Islam is very rule, rules based. So maybe Islam's like solid as the earth. What if the, you know, um, Christianity is a lot of fire in the history of Christianity, you know, kind of Christ um, being on the stake and all that sort of stuff. So maybe Christianity is fire. And Judaism is very much uh, mind based, right? It's very much um, around around there. So what if what if Judaism's air? Again, just a view. And I kind of moved on to religion just because I, I feel Hinduism had an important part to play in, in my upbringing. Um, and, you know, my, my parents brought me up, took me to temples and put me in that space. So I felt that was an important part of the story. And just so everyone knows, guys, when we record a podcast, we don't tend to uh, script it. It's just whatever comes through. So apologies for my stories kind of a bit all over the place. I'm sharing whatever comes through at the right time. Yeah. So, so, so let me, let me ask you. So you experience a childhood where you're very abruptly moved. Um, you're struggling to find your voice. You're struggling to find your identity. Where did it come into play that you went into corporate? Because we've talked about, you know, you've been in like a leadership position. So how do you find the, um, the understanding of self and the confidence of self to move forward in a leadership position when you've talked about how uncomfortable you were with yourself as a child. So it's interesting. And it's grown up, we didn't have a lot of money. And I remember one particular instance, and, I, and I've kind of been through, been there back as a, as a journey where I think I was about four or five and my parents were arguing with my sisters. And my sister wanted to do something. My parents were pretty much saying, we can't afford it. And I remember how hurt my sister was. And I can't remember which sister it was, to be honest. But I remember thinking then that I am going to make sure that when I grow up, we don't have to have that situation. And so when I started in the corporate world, when I started, when I left my, um, when I finished my degree, which was in computing business, um, I just knew that, you know, that I wanted to make a success. I wanted to be financially stable. Um, and there was a drive in me to do that. And corporate just felt like the the best way to do it, right? It was, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I did part of my degree was around computing. So I tried to do the engineer bit, the programming bit just didn't suit me. It wasn't something that I you know, I guess I could have earned a decent salary from it, but it just wasn't something that appealed. And, you know, I was looking for a career and I, I found a job in sales. And when actually, when I took the job in sales, um, my my thinking was, you know what, let me do this for six months until the right thing comes along. But I ended up staying at that company for eight years and, you know, um, and we did very well. You know, it's like I started, when I started the company, there was 60 people, uh, 60 million turnover. By the time I left, there were 600 people with 600 million turnover. And a lot of the roles within that company were created for me. And I really find, felt like I find my place. Um, but as we grew, I kind of outgrew the company. So in the end, I took, took voluntary redundancy. But, you know, when you ask me why did I start down the path, I don't, I think it was more around, um, being what I perceive to be successful. 
So, you know, I started on the corporate path. I, like I said, a lot of the positions I was, I was determined. I, 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 I've always had a good work ethic. Um, but honestly, the corporate life took over. You know, when I was in the company for eight years, we were growing so quickly. I spent many weekends working all weekend and you kind of, I, I didn't, for whatever reason, I didn't have a life. And it was like, I felt like I, if I wasn't there, the company would kind of not, not survive, which is, which is crazy, right? Of course it's going to survive, but it did. I was so determined. There was a determination in me, which now when I look back, I think it was around making sure that I was financially stable, but actually it wasn't about me. I, I wanted to make sure that I was financially stable. So if my family ever needed anything, if they ever needed a place to stay, if they ever needed financial support, I could do it. So again, I don't think it was about me. I really don't feel it was about me. And it's really interesting when I bought this place, um, my my family came with the banner. I didn't know they were doing it, but they, they called this place Rod, the Radio Family Home. So they already kind of, you know, kind of already decided this is where they're going to come and, you know, kind of come and spend spend their vacation or whatever, you know, come here and visit. So and it, they do, right? It's a, it's a very loving place. But it's just interesting how much your childhood in, impacts and what you manifest in your adult life based on your childhood. So I know that I manifested the home I have right now, um, you know, blessed to have a, a career that allows me to be financially stable. Um, and I know I manifested that as a five-year-old. So maybe the question for listeners as we as we sidetrack a little bit is to ask, what if what have you manifested in your world? If you go back to your childhood and think about what you went through, what decisions did you make as a child that you're living in today's world? That's a good one. So, and yeah, as you said, I started, then I started in the corporate world. I was perceived, you know, very successful. I was doing really well. I had a nice company car, I had a nice salary. Life was good. I had my own place, not this place, but a different place at the time. Life was good. My sister, who was one of my angels, moved from Leicester to moved in. So we were living together. Just life was good. Um, but it's like it's it's interesting when life happens to you, right? So um, a friend of mine at the time um, was kind of jealous of my success, and it's interesting, right? It's that you, know, you think your friends are supportive of you, but she was jealous of my success, and she decided to do a little bit of black magic so I would not be successful. You think she'd do some magic so for herself to be successful, but for whatever reason, she decided to do some. And I didn't even know, right? At the time, I was very mental. I was very corporate focused, very much, um, you know, positive mental attitude. I'd listened to a lot of Tony Robbins and it was like very much focused, you know, if I put my mind to it, I can do whatever I want. And then she did this. Um, I got made redundant very abruptly. Um, and I was out of work for two years, which is really weird because I had really good experience, had really good references. And I just thought it was a timing thing, you know, what, it'd be, t- it'd be fine. And, those two years were a really dark period. If if my sister hadn't been living with me at the time and, you know, she had a really stable job and she was helping me, um, I think I would have been in even worse, right? I probably lost my home. But it's really interesting. I really feel like God, the universe, my guides set it up so that I would have the support that I needed. And, um, and then a friend of mine 
I mean, I was out of work looking for work anyway. And she's like, I want to go and see this religious lady who lives on the corner from me. Will you come with me? I'm like, sure, why not? I'm not, yeah. She's like, I really, I really want to just go and see her. I was like, okay, fine, let's go and see her. And I wasn't even there for me. So I just was there supporting my friend. And when I saw this lady, she just looked at me and she's like, somebody's done something to you. And as soon as she said that, I got an image of what that so-called friend had done to me. She'd done a, a fire ceremony. Fire, the fire ceremonies are quite big in Hindu in terms of, you know, fire being like a reset, like a, you know, every time you buy a home, you do a fire. So she did this black magic and I saw it and it's like, it's kind of the first, I probably had spiritual images before, but it was the first one that I remember so vividly and so clearly. And as soon as she told me, I knew exactly what had been done, but there were still doubts in me, right? So um, I still got it verified. I went to see another another religious lady who said the same thing. I was like, okay. And then the first religious lady, when she's like, I can't fix it for you, but I can send off to India to get it fixed. So I sent off to India. Um, I got um, what they did, they did a fire ceremony to kind of reverse it. And then what they did was, sent a little bit of the ashes in a little casket for me to wear as a chain. And um, I was like, okay. So as soon as I got the casket, I put it on. Like, I think two days later, I got an interview for a director level role. And five or six days after that, I actually got offered the role. That level role normally requires five, or six interviews across different, you know, but obviously something changed in me. And, um, But it changed in me also the fact that it made me realize that, and probably over time, I can't remember exactly, but I'm sure I was angry at, at the friend and obviously she's no longer in my life, but I realized over time that I had a soul contract with her just to open me up on the spiritual side because without that, who knows, I might still be in the corporate world, but that whole episode opened me up to spirituality, it made me realize that there's more going on around me than just the mental side. I could do anything I, anything I'm meant to do mentally, but if I don't um, open up to the spiritual side, then there's so much around me that I don't understand. So it started me on the spiritual path, still in the corporate world, but started me on a spiritual path to look for people to guide me, to help me, to fix me. Mm-hmm. So I went through a phase of going to spiritual events, going to gurus, whatever you want to call them, and asking, you know, what do I need to do and I'll be fixed? doing all these courses and I'm sure a lot of people can relate about doing lots of courses and you know I guess whoever's thinking of doing any course or just think about your intention for me picking a mentor picking a course whatever that looks like is a soul heart level decision and I feel like I made a lot of decisions in my head but over time I realized that I don't need to be fixed I realized that you know I don't need to go to people to to give me their answers because everything I need is inside me. It doesn't mean I'm not going to people to guide me to my answers, but I realize I don't need to be fixed. And that was really an expansive period. And it's like, I look back and my whole world changed. I changed from being very much focused where work was consuming me to adjusting my life where I found much better balance. So do you feel like that situation where one of your friends at the time um, did this black magic, do you feel like that was like the beginning of your 
like deeper spiritual understanding like the yeah, that was that was definitely a big part of my spiritual awakening i feel like i don't feel any negativity towards uh, obviously i don't want it in my life but i know it was a soul contract i know that my soul and you know for me a soul contract is um when one soul asks another um to experience something in human existence so I, my soul asked her soul to spiritually awaken me when I was ready. And it's not like I hadn't been exposed to spirituality before. And I think in many ways, my dad was very connected. You know, he he would tell um, family members kind of what was coming for them and what the future held. And, you know, so it wasn't like I was exposed to it. But when he was here, I was very mental. So I don't feel like I had that connection with him in in when he was here humanly um but it's interesting it's that you know and I'll, maybe this is further in the story but i'll share it with you now is that i felt because i knew he was very spiritual and i felt when he left this realm he descended i assumed he wasn't around me because he was too busy he was doing other things um but what i didn't realize was actually the reason i didn't feel his energy because he was always with me and his vibration on the other side is different than it was on the earth plane. And, um, you know, it's, it's really interesting is that, um, you know, Stace, when you were here in the UK, you, you, you drew a picture of what you saw in him and it's angelic, right? And through working with people like you and others, it's really helped me understand that one of my dad is now one of my guides and his vibration is different. So again, a message to all the listeners is look if you have somebody that's left this realm be open to their energy and their vibration being different mm -hmm. and feel the vibration and ask them questions and really connect with them so yeah going back to the kind of the post that event i um did be open me up to spirituality and in some way it guided me to my mentor that I talk about, Cedric Jeffrey. And, you know, if, even that, I mean, I was um, I was engaged at the time and, um, you know, my, my partner at the time went to see Cedric. She kept talking about it and I think it was Cedric's second event ever. And then it was a two-day event. It was a free one. At the end of the first day, she messaged or she rang. She's like, you have to meet Cedric. I was like, okay. And so the next time I went to meet Cedric and, um, you know, um, me being me, I was like oh. immediately connected to Sidra. I made you felt energy. She, you know, we we talked to her on one of the breaks, and she was like, you know, you, you can join one of my courses or whatever. I'm like, yeah, you know what? No, I want one to one. I was pretty determined, determined if I want something, and so I started doing one to ones with Sidra, and it's that, um, you know, it's that connection that really, um, it was a definitely a soul connection. But the interesting thing is that. Um, you know, my fiance at the time, we we're no longer together. And that relationship came to a natural end. But again, maybe part of my soul contract with her was to guide me to Sidra because, you know, who knows, maybe I was going to meet her anyway, but it was it was part of that journey. So when you're open to that magic, the universe kind of gives you that magic. And, you know, Sidra at the time, I don't know how to describe, but she's very human. Let's say as cool she was more human. But over my time with her, her spiritual connection um, and almost that healer in her 
took over the human side. And I saw that in her. And, um, you know, we became very close um, humanly. I knew that she was she was my guide and she was the one person, and Sidri, you know, Stacey, you've come a little close, but she was the one person that could get under my skin like nobody else. Um, you know, I'd get so annoyed. I'd get so, because she was trying to expand me in her own way, I'd get so annoyed. I'd be like, Sidra, I'm done. And she'd have this little smile on her face and said, you can't be because we've got a soul contract. And I knew she was speaking the truth, but it's so frustrating because there's part of me that just wanted to walk away, right? And it's that... And that what I what I feel is true. It's like for anyone that we work with, it's so, it's a soul contract. It's meant to be. And um, you know, so working with Sidra, I I went on a journey of expansion. I went on a journey to realize that everything I need is inside me. I'm a healer. I remember she did this activation, and we were in a, a we had an event called a Soul Spies, what she used to do, and she did this activation of, you know, if you pick a color, you you I you decided whether you're a healer you're a, a carer or or a, or a teacher. And I just, you know, because I was doing mentoring and stuff, I'm like, I mean, it must be a teacher. And we did this activation, and in the end, the color that I got was for a healer. And I didn't think much of it. And the next day when, we, when she was going around everybody, asking them how they were and all that, my connection with her was always a different. So she'd ask to have a normal conversation with everybody else. She'd come to me, and she's like, what color were you? I'm like, what are you talking about? So I know in yesterday's activation, what color were you? I'm like, oh my God, yeah, I was purple. And purple was for healer. And she's like, okay, the day you accept you're a healer, the day your life will become easier. And she just stopped there. She left it there. She moved on to the next person. I'm like, wait, what just happened? And the really interesting thing is, Stacey, you see me do this, is I use my voice. I'll just drop a message into whoever I'm mentoring or working with. And I'll just be silent. And I really feel like I've learned that gift from, from at a soul level, but I think she's guided me to it too, because I feel my voice and my gift. And me and you, when we met, I started asking you expansive questions and I'd ask you an open question and leave it. Um, and I just feel like she guided me to that gift. And, you know, we had a lot of fun together. We did lots of events together. We did, um, I did lots of one-to-ones with her, but I was blessed my, with my connection with her. I, she did soul spas across the world and I have probably traveled more with her to soul spas than anyone else. Right. So, um, so what do you think is the greatest impact that Sidra has had on your life? Really guiding me to, to help me to understand the healer in me. You know, it's cause it's like so often, you know, we'd be, whatever we're creating, I'd be like, Sidra, I've got so many other human skills operationally, I can help her and all that sort of stuff. And she didn't want me to because she's like, no, you just focus on your healer. So I really feel that she guided me to that healer and mm-hmm. the power of who I am. I remember her telling me a couple of times when she did activations of how powerful my soul was. And it's like I'd roll my eyes thinking, yeah, sure. But I feel that was, that was true. And that's not from a place of ego. I really feel... My soul is here to do amazing things, and I didn't feel the power of who I was before I started working with Sidra. Now, how do you release the insecurities of childhood to show up as a healer? You know, it's that um, 
Here's the other thing she told me was, you got to listen to your messages. You know, she always used to be in a way that when she got triggered, she'd get excited. Why are you getting excited? Because because it means I've got some healing to do. And it's like your your body, your human, your whatever's happening around you in the external world is always giving you messages as to what needs to be healed in your internal world. And you know, it's it's that's what this what this what's guided me to heal that inner child, to do the inner child work. It's what's um guided me to to go back to that memory over the four 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 or five year old and know that you know I've manifested the reality I have right now. I also know going through going going to um part of my size, then I'm I'm relatively big is because growing up I wasn't seen. And one of my things is well, at the time, I, I decided, well, hold on, if I'm bigger, then I'm going to be seen. And one of the first things Sidra said to me was, you know, you've got a blanket of protection around you that you don't need anymore. And I still remember that was one of the first things she said to me at her event. She's like, you've got a blanket around you that's protecting your energy that you don't need anymore. And it's that when you, once you start listening to your messages, and you realize that what's happening to you is happening for you rather than to you. It doesn't mean that you go and don't go through emotional ups and downs. Please, if I make things sound easy, you know, this human experience that we've decided to do sometimes isn't easy, right? It's, it's meant to be expansive. But if you start to ask a different set of questions, then maybe you start to get a different set of answers. And you move from, you know, kind of victim mode to healer mode, right? I... I know for me, when someone said to me that once I switch from I think to I feel, things will change. And it's just, um, yeah, I um, I really do feel I switch from I think to I feel. And, um, you know, Sidra, in many ways, like I said, we did events all over the world. Um, she expanded me in so many ways that, that you know, I'm, I'm forever grateful. I mean, there's... Like I said, I was, there was times, I remember one story where, you know, she was doing a weekend event and um, we'd be preparing for the event. I'd been, there'd been activations and stuff that she'd been working with me on. And, you know, I got to the event 15 minutes later, I got stuck in traffic and she'd already closed the doors. And, um, you know, she said to me that um, she, she didn't, she was doing the event and her, one of the people that was kind of helping her at that time, Ivana, um, she's like, you can't come in. And, um, you know, I wasn't, I was like, you know, just I've traveled, I'll be preparing. She's like, no, Sidra's made it super clear. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I can be pretty determined and persuasive, but I wasn't let in. And there was, there was two other people waiting. One had flown in from a different country and I was like, don't let me in, let her in, right? Because she's flying from a different country. There's no, there's no. And I remember kind of driving home, being so annoyed, leaving Sidra a note saying, a voice note saying, I'm just, I was lots of swearing, but just I was so annoyed. But you know, that weekend, even though I wasn't at the event, I had a free weekend and it was like super expensive. Um, and I got the messages, the downloads I needed. And that's what that's what a good mentor does, right? It's not not necessarily following a path, but it's just following a different a different way. And one of the other the questions that I actually just think just thinking about it now that that I, I think is a great question to ask our listeners is, 
she said to me once, in how many people's lists are you in their top five, in their top three? I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you have a lot of love around you, but in all that love, how many people are you in their top three? And that was really powerful because I looked around and I was like, actually, I'm not in many people's top three. I'm in a lot of people's top five. I have a, lot, I have a big family and all that sort of stuff. But and that was a, what does that mean, right? And I'm still, you know, sometimes I debate, um, you know, on my journey, I've, I've spent many years trying to belong to something, trying to be part of something, maybe to be some part of somebody's top three. But I really feel my journey has been about my need to belong to be part of something when actually if I'm going to do something that's never been done before, I don't belong to this planet. <laughs> and, you know, I come to do something different and that doesn't come from a place of ego. And the reason I share that is, you know, if, 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 if any of the listeners, if you don't feel like you belong, if you've always felt like you don't belong on this planet, nobody really understands you, you know, you don't really have anyone that understands the spiritual part of you. Then maybe you're not, you don't belong. Maybe this podcast helps you to understand that there are people out there that truly understand you, that can relate to you. Everybody's story is different, but I've never felt like I belonged. But as I go through my journey, even though the last few days stuff has been happening, I'm starting to understand I've never, I've never, I was never meant to belong. Because if I belonged, if I followed a certain path, it's, it's like I know that my soul had to go through this phase of, of, of this life, you know, kind of not being married, not having kids, to really expand and understand why my soul's here. Because that would have taken me down a different path, different distraction. It allowed me to truly expand my soul. Um, I remember talking to some of my nephews and nieces. I have 10 nephews, three nieces. And quite often I talk about a special connection I have with them. And, you know, I've guided them, I've mentored with them, mentored them in many different ways and have unique relationships with all of them. But again, if I'd gone down the path of getting married and have kids, I probably wouldn't have those relationships. So, you know, start taking your time out to really understand your soul's journey because it's easy to compare. We have expectations of, you know, yes, we should be married or I should have kids, should have this bigger house and all that sort of stuff. But once we expect, once we understand and accept that our path is unique and the things that we've been through none of it was a mistake and it was exactly what our soul was here to experience once we accept that you start to understand who you really are and you know i i do feel blessed in many ways about how the, the people i have around me but I still, you know, I can relate to people who who say they feel lonely, right? They feel that they don't have people around them that they truly understand because, you know, I've always struggled with that, right? Because I have some beautiful friendships and I love them all. And, you know, kind of, they understand me at a human level that nobody else does. I have family around me that love me at a human level, but the spiritual journey is a little different. Mm -hmm. And... You know, when Sidra left this realm, again, there was a big hole. I mean, she had a lot of people around her, a lot of beautiful souls that could relate to what I was going through. But 
I felt like I had a human connection with Sidra that there was nothing else and she left a big hole and I know like I know my soul knew that she was exactly where she's meant to be she can help so many souls many more souls than she could as a human and now she's one of my guides and honestly there are times when I'm jealous of the amount of work and people souls that she in contact because sometimes this human existence is frustrating and it is annoying and it is you know it's painful so it's just it's it's an interesting journey so how did you um get connected with the akashic records because i know this is something that we've both become really passionate about doing for people um what was that connection like for you so when when sidra left this realm in march 2020 because uh, like i said earlier she became one of my guides and you know that was a kind of a I make it sound like it was like an overnight transition. Obviously, there was, you know, some transitional I was trying to understand because in my head, I'd already planned out that me and Sidra were going to do these events together. We were going to kind of, you know, she always talked about 2023 and 2023 being about being us on stage. And the weird thing is she always talked about, well, I'm not going to be there. This is me preparing you all for being on stage. And I'd always roll my eyes and say, sure, Sidra, of course you're going to be there. But in many ways, she knew she wasn't. And I feel like she'd been preparing me for her not to be here. Like for the last six months before she left this realm, we didn't have that much contact. She was traveling and all this sort of stuff. Um, I was meant to go to her final soul spar in India, but then things happened at work and, and I couldn't go. Um, I feel like she's preparing me. And then when she left this realm, I kept hearing a voice saying Akashic Records, Akashic Records. And like I said earlier, Sidra is <laughs> very persistent. She's a unique soul that um, can get under my skin. So I was like, all right, I want to understand my journey, my soul contract with Sidra. Um, I was guided to to learn how to read the Akashic Records by another reader, um, Ashley Wood, um, who has a the podcast that I've been on guest on too. And, you know, she she had an online course to to teach Akashic Records. So I went through the course. Um, and honestly, I took the parts of the, the process there and actually tailored it to what we do today. It's a little, a little bit different, but I learned how to read Akashic Records because I wanted to understand my relationship and connection with Sidra. Um, and, you know, when I started reading records, it was such a beautiful process. When I started reading for friends, it was such a beautiful process. And, in many ways, I started to open up even more when I started doing readings for other people. And, um, you know, I started getting so many messages through the records. Um, I started this podcast because of a message I got I got through the records um, that my voice is my gift. And I remember um, I talking to another healer, um, you know, and, and and just talking to her about well, my voice, my gift. What 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 should I do? You know, kind of. Um, and she's the one that guided me to. Well, why don't you start a podcast? And me being me, I was like, you know what? I need all. I need. I need all the perfect equipment. I need to get a mic. I need to do research. I need to kind of like do this properly, and you know, kind of. Um, you know, kind of really kind of connect to it, and um, you know, and, and then she kept just pushing me. She's like, why don't you just start it? Why don't you just start it? And um, I kept kind of putting it off. I kept kind of putting it off. And um, in the end, I just started it. I just jumped in and, um, you know, I just, I sat down one day and I just started recording. I put my AirPods in 
I didn't have all the all the equipment. I just had AirPods and I recorded on my laptop. Um, and from there, um, and, and yeah, I set the name up and set. I'd been working on the name. I maybe spent well, like a month or so working on it and just kept delaying, kept delaying. And her name's Sabi, and she's the one that pushed me. Just said to stop. And it's interesting with angels that come into your life at the time because. I think I might even still be researching six months later if I just didn't start and I just started and I just jump on and just talk about whatever was coming through. I'd, I'd lay out the topics, have a few bullet points, but I'll just channel whatever came through. And that's where it started. So Sidra guided me to, to start this podcast and, you know, it's reached tens of thousands of people, unique listeners. It's, it's reached you know, it's getting nearly 85,000 downloads. I'm not sure if that's a good number or not. I don't know, but it's reached so many people and I feel blessed by it. I don't feel it's mine. I don't feel it's ours. I feel it comes from a different place. Mm-hmm. And Sidra guided me to it. And that's the other thing is that I kept getting messages. I get, I, Then I got messages, well, okay, it's great that you're being heard. You need to be seen too. I'm like, really? I was comfortable being heard, but I was not really comfortable being seen. So then I was like, Again, there was a there was another friend that came along that I was that I was working with on social media. Her name is Venetia, and she's the one that said, "You know what? Just start going live. Don't worry about it." And again, she she pushed me to, and I just started going live once a week. Because mm-hmm. um, at the same time, I was then merging worlds. I was, um, you know, in, in the corporate world, I had a very kind of an image of you know being a senior director and what that looks like. But all of a sudden, I was talking about spirituality, so I was not just in a podcast, because podcast is, you know, whoever whoever reaches, it reaches to. But now I was very publicly on my Instagram going live and talking about spirituality. And I remember the difficulty of merging worlds. And again, the reason I share that is I'm sure a lot of the listeners on their spiritual journey have almost like two lives, their spiritual life and the non. I would encourage you at this time to merge worlds. Because you so, all have a story to tell and just it's important you tell it, right? So let's get into that a little bit. You, you know, have made your way through navigating corporate and building a reputation and a career. Um, you have this spiritual awakening happening. And fast forward, a social media app called Clubhouse comes into your life. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, the timing of things, right? So, um, you know, Sidra passes away March 2020. Um, and I connect with Akashi Records. Um, and the universe has a real way of giving you what you need. And I remember at the time, you know, because everybody, everybody was in lockdown thinking, I have all this stuff happening inside me, all this expansion with the records. Um, Sidra no longer being here and really having not having anyone to really talk about that that part of it and I remember um, a friend of mine, uh, his name's Rookin and he's like Clubhouse is perfect for you, it's like it's you, you're just going to love it and I was like really he's like we can do rooms and stuff together, I was like alright and I remember joining Clubhouse and um kind of, you know, you try something new. I tried it for a week or so, and I'm like, oh, I'm not sure. And I kind of left it. And then I kind of went back a couple of weeks later, and um, I just got hooked. I remember meeting a couple of friends, you know, um, 
you know, one of them still a really close friend now, Brittany. And I remember kind of going into rooms with her and, you know, her getting excited about me being there, almost like being a cheerleader. And it's like, that started to get me excited. And then it's like, just having very open spiritual topics. Clubhouse is a great app. It's an audio app. You just have different topics and you can go in and listen or you can go in and join the conversation and have an open conversation. It's audio only, so, you know, it doesn't matter whether, you, you know, you just got out of bed or whatever, right? But it's that. And, it, you know, at the time, it allowed me to have really open conversations, practice using my voice in a different sort of way. Um, and, you know, kind of, I made so many beautiful connections, including me, Eustace. I remember... Um, you know, we've talked about this story before, but I remember I met a friend for dinner. Um, he knew you, you guys had a club together. He was going to do a room with you. And I was like, you know what? I'm driving home after meeting him. I will just listen in. I'll listen in. I didn't want to, you know, uh, I was mentoring him at the time. So I'm like, you know what? Let him have his space, you know, kind of let me listen in. Because, you know, I, I have a habit sometimes of taking over stuff, you know, my voice. And, you know, so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to listen in. I'm going to drive home, have a leisurely drive. And Stacey, you, you you shared so vulnerably, right? You, a lot of people share their truth and share their trauma, but it really is about the intention of sharing that trauma. And you shared with such a vulnerable space, but I, I felt the love that you were sharing from. And I'm like, not many people share this vulnerably and this openly. I'm like, I just need to go on stage, as call it on Clubhouse, just to say, you know what? Really, congratulations. Well done. I felt your love. I felt your... And I just wanted to come and tell you that, right? And, you know, from there, I'm, I'm sure you thought at the time, you know, dodgy Brit, where's he coming from, right? But we went through a series of rooms, in your rooms, where I'd come in, and I have this habit of asking open questions, right? Uh, expansive questions. And I went through a phase of just coming in your rooms and just asking you open questions. And somehow I'd end up making you cry. And it wasn't my intention, but for a while. And then... I came in once and I said to you, Stace, what do you want to manifest? And you being you said, I want to manifest a trip to London. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Sure. And then, you know, I thought you'd do it. I, I knew you'd, you'd visit, but I thought in a year's time or whatever, she'd plan it, whatever, we'll plan it, we'll take time. But you being you kind of messaged me a couple of weeks later and said, what about these dates? And I think you were here within six weeks of that manifestation. And bear in mind, you know, the furthest you traveled before that was Jamaica, right? So you'd no, never traveled outside, you'd never been to Europe, you'd never been, and you took that leap of faith. And, you know, again, I feel that that connection was guided. Mm -hmm. I feel that people come into your life and, you know, through the through the time, you know, you you talked at the beginning when you introduced yourself, how much you've changed and what you've been through in the last 18 months. But it's like, you know, we've, we've channeled a mentorship program that's changed, changing lives. We've shared this podcast for over 50 episodes. And, you know, again, I, I really feel that once you once you open yourself up to the awakening in your path, once you open yourself up to being ready for the next step, the universe will send you the right people. And, you know, Clubhouse has changed my life, right? It has opened me up to different types of people and really kind of being on this journey. Um, you know, and then the, this, it is interesting though. I mean, it's like, um, I remember Sidra always used to call me a trump card. And I was like, 
what do you mean, Sidrupa, calling me a trump card? She's like, um, I need to protect your energy a little bit. So I'm going to, you're not always going to be at the forefront, but when I need you, I'm going to call on you. And I remember at the time thinking, well, no, hold on. I want to be at the forefront with you. I want to be there. I want to be there. But I think what she was doing was she was preparing me for when she wasn't here. Because she, when she protected my energy, so many people around her, you know, really struggled. But I, I carried on speaking my truth. I carried on sharing her vision and my vision. And being that trump card, I think in some way she was protecting my energy. But I really think on this journey, um, at times I have been behind the scenes, even with us, right? Even with, you know, your book and the rest of it, it's, um, you know, at times I still feel I play safe. Being that trump card, helping someone else shine their light. But I know, like I know that the phase I'm going into is all about me shining my light, whatever that way looks like. Um, my soul is ready to to shine that light. And again, the reason I share that is because I think somebody needs to hear it. Mm -hmm. It's like we're all here to shine our light. And of course, we're here to guide and help other people. And But just don't get lost in, don't lose you in that journey. You know, it's that. Um, so my next question is. Go on. How do you merge worlds? You you have this corporate life, but then you've also got this deeply spirit spiritual connection and this desire to help people. What is the process like of merging those worlds? I really feel there's a, there's a line that the Sidra always used to use: "How you do one thing is how you do everything." So what I'm like in the corporate world is exactly how I'm like in life. It's like, how often do we play different roles? Um, and, and really, it's about becoming authentic. Yes, it's about sharing your truth. And, you know, the way I, 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 I did it was I just, that's when my podcast started, right? That's when Instagram Live, Instagram Live just sharing who I am. But how, how often do we hide our spiritual journey because we think people won't understand? So the way I'd encourage people is just talk about your spiritual journey. And people want to understand if they don't, that's their journey. It's not a new. But what if you sharing your spiritual journey helps one person? Mm -hmm. What if there are people around you that are also going through a spiritual journey and, and don't realize that you're going through the same? So the way I'd encourage people to start merging worlds is talking about it. We all have a voice and it's really important that we share and that for me is 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 the journey that we're on right now is is just be just be one way, you know, there's just that, you know, how it's just be authentic, authentic self. What other people think of you is none of your business. And I get that's difficult because you know, a lot of us recently maybe have gone through an upgrade and awakening. And I know we've talked about it in other episodes, but you know, friend circles get smaller, people don't understand you. You know, when you're going through an awakening, that's what is that's what it's like. But sharing your truth and merging your worlds and really talking about what's happening in your world is is the best way for you to truly merge worlds and start to because when when you what happens when you do that is you'll find other like-minded souls. And then you start to find those your tribe that you're meant to work with. If I hadn't gone to Clubhouse and if I hadn't stuck with it. We would never have met, right? We would never channeled mentorship program. There's so many other friends I would never have met. And it's that 
trusting and taking that leap of faith and sharing your truth in whatever platform suits you is the best way to start merging worlds. You can't or you can't control what people think of you. And we talk about social media all the time. How many people, you know, kind of just share their um what do you call it? Their uh just their positive parts of their life, you know, just the holidays and all that sort of stuff. When when you know all of us are going through an expansive human experience and not all of it's rosy. So I really feel sharing the real you in whatever platform you will you choose to is a big part of merging worlds. And if you're on a spiritual journey, I feel a lot of us are being challenged to change our world, change our what we do on a day-to-day basis. Honor that. Honor your messages, honor whatever's coming through for you. That'd be the best advice I could give. Um you know, I, I just, I'm on this journey. Um, I trust in whatever's coming next. Um, you know, it's, uh, I feel very blessed with when we read Akashi Records, we just had a beautiful reading, which, um, you know, there was so much power in that reading. It just actually was in some ways all consuming. Um, and then the mentorship program, just the changing lives. I feel super blessed with, with all the work that we do. I feel blessed that, I can touch souls at a deep, deep level. I know I'm meant to. And I just encourage all the listeners to truly connect with your soul, to feel and connect with the power of who you are. I am. Um, I was never. I'm never nervous about recording a podcast. I'm. You know. I normally just channel whatever comes through. I'm a little bit nervous, but I was. Stacey, you saw me before this one. You probably. You know. I know you get anxious for you before kind of doing live stuff. You probably thought it was roles reversed because I was, you know, you tell yourself who wants to listen to your story, right? I mean, it's like you tell yourself a story of, well, is my story important? I'm here to tell all our listeners your story is important. Your story needs to be shared. Um, I know my intention, my why is anyone I connect with to leave them better than I found them. I've been blessed by so many angels in my path that have expanded me, that have helped me. And I guess I want to close by just saying thank you to all my angels, my human angels and my spiritual angels. I really feel that my soul family is always there watching over me. You know, sometimes I struggle with the human side of life, right? I wish I could just focus on spiritual, um, but I know I'm blessed. And, you know, I'm excited for whatever's coming next. Um, and I feel upgrades are happening for all of us. Um, I would encourage anyone that's listening is to be open to magic. You listen to this, you listen to this podcast for a reason. And thank you for getting to this part, getting to the end. Hopefully my story didn't bore you too much. Um, but I would, you know, really think about your story. Take time out to really understand your awakening, where you're at. I hear so many people say, oh, I've just started my beginning. I'm not, you know, to the same level as you are. You know, who knows humanly where you're at, but know that your soul is ready. Know that your soul chose to be here. And um, yes, Dace, as we close out, any kind of journal prompts that you want to, that have come to you that you want to share with the audience? Um, so I, I think that right now it's about our listeners getting in touch with their own story. You know, what has been your path? What are some of those 
pivotal moments or experiences that you have had that have shifted your life. And I believe that just by going a little deeper in some journaling, there might be some insight as to how the dots connect, you know, where some of the things that we've gone through in childhood impact what we're going through now. Um, the, the divine moments that happen that kind of put us on another path, like you, um, you know, being navigated in the direction of the records. Um, I would just encourage our listeners to sit down with your story and, um, maybe, maybe you do it in bits, you know, you start with like your childhood and how those experiences kind of shifted you in whatever direction, like you said, you know, you were born in Uganda, but you ended up in the UK and how did that shift things for you? I think just getting the reader to go in, in, in sections of their story and dig a little bit into it would be such a powerful and insightful experience because with that awareness comes a greater understanding of why you are the way you are and then the ability to shift into whatever you want for the future beautiful yeah well said i mean our life does come in cycles right mm -hmm. our childhood there's typically seven year cycles and maybe that's a great way of doing it is taking seven year cycles um you know i i love the work that we do um we don't actually talk a lot and we don't push what we do that much on these podcasts. And I really feel whoever's meant to work with us is guided to us. Um, but if you are on this spiritual awakening, if you are going through, I'd recommend booking a discovery call. The mentorship program we have really guides people to expand them. Because on my journey, I've always known that everything is inside me, but I've had mentors come into my life at different times that have expanded me. I wouldn't be here today without the mentors that have been in my life. So, you know, if you're here, book a free discovery call. It's free. It's 30 minutes. We'll take you through the program. If you feel connected to us at a soul level, then sure, maybe you work with us. Or maybe you start by just booking for free, not free, but you book a, a joint Akashic record reading. Mm -hmm. You connect with the records. Again, I believe that we all have that ability to connect with the records. It's, a, it's at a soul level. I love, love the work that we do, Stace. I love the fact this space... Um, the podcast is our way of giving back. We just jump in and whatever comes through. I really don't have much clue what, what this story, what I was going to share on this podcast. I knew certain elements and I'm sure I've missed lots of my story, but I've shared whatever I felt I should. So thank you for sharing this space with me, Stace. Thank you for all the listeners. If you've got to this part and you've listened to my whole story, I feel super blessed that you've actually got this far. You know, I'm sending you all so much love and light. Thank you. Thank you for being in the space with us. And Stacey, I'm going to hand it over to you to close us out. We love doing this podcast, friends. And we also love getting your feedback. So if you're enjoying what you're hearing, send us an email or rate and review our podcast. Share with your friends. It's the greatest way you can support us. And we really appreciate all of our listeners. Thanks so much. Thank you, everyone. Bye for now. Sending you lots of love and light.